This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea is a fascinating and intricate topic, far more complex than anyone can master. Our expertise resides in storytelling by professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. We believe that transparency is grounded at origin, which is why the Tea Biz Portal enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. An Indian audit cites regulatory shortfalls of the tea board, with more than a third of tea smallholders not even registered. China tea exports decline while travel restrictions ease. Kenya tea production is up as exports fall. Plus, Jennifer Wood, founder of Canton Tea Company, and Joe Selman-Smith, a project manager with the UK Tea Academy, who in 2022 oversaw the launch of the Leafies, join us this week to discuss the Academy's international judging of tea in 12 categories. This year's competition is open not only to farmers and suppliers, but also to tea retailers worldwide. All teas must be received in Scotland by September 18th. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. A government audit of India's Tea Board during the five years ending 2021 found numerous flaws in its regulatory mandate and a failure to address concerns raised a decade ago. Glaring omissions include the lack of a strategy to identify and register smallholders, a first step in supporting the tea industry's financial well-being, development, productivity, and promotion in domestic and overseas markets. Small tea growers supply more than half of the tea grown in India. Quote, 38% of small tea growers were not registered as of March 2021 and were out of the ambit of the Tea Board's regulatory activities and development assistance, end quote, according to the report. Auditors also found that 119 of 1,573 large growers were not registered. The Tea Act mandates regular inspection of processing facilities to maintain quality, quote, 
However, factories were not adequately inspected in the five financial years, according to auditors, who noted, quote, the shortfall of inspection ranged between 79 and 92 percent, which showed poor monitoring on the part of the T-Board, end quote. Samples for laboratory testing were not submitted every six months. In addition, all tea factories discard waste tea. A rate of 2% is evidence of culling inferior leaves, but between 72 and 78% of factories reported less than the 2% minimum waste, and several factories reported no waste at all. Mandates on district-wide records documenting the age of plants, yield, labor productivity, and replantings were not maintained in a database, and committees required to monitor the price of green tea monthly never met. The Comptroller and Auditor General audit titled The Role of Tea Board India in the Development of Tea in India recommends a, quote, well-defined strategy, end quote, to identify and register smallholders, step up the pace of inspections, and enforce existing mandates, such as the requirement that 50% of India's tea be sold at e-auctions. The report was submitted to Parliament on August 8. The audit revealed identity cards mandated in 2018 had been issued to only 137,800 of the 222,746 known small growers, about 62%. Auditors found that no IDs were issued in Mizoram, uh, Arunachal Pradesh, or Manipur. As of April 2021, only 42-44% to 44% of tea was sold at auctions. Buyers were registered, but the majority, 61-68%, to 68%, did not purchase tea at auction. Business Insight The previous audit, conducted for the fiscal period ending 2016, documented the practice of mixing Nepal tea with GI-protected Darjeeling leaves, which continued through the subsequent audit period. Auditors estimated that 96% of Nepal tea exports were to India. Quote, The main purpose of importing Nepal tea is re-exporting upon value addition and for blending, end quote, not for sale in the domestic market. According to auditors, blending imported tea with Darjeeling Kangra and Orthodox Nilgiri or Assam teas was not monitored, with 90 of the 127 importers operating without a license. China Customs data for tea exports to all destinations through June amounted to 175,000 metric tons, a 3% decline in tea volume compared to last year. According to the China Tea Marketing Association, export value for the period was $847 million, a year-on-year decrease of 14%. Tea exports amounting to $2 billion annually are a small fraction of China's overall shipments, but follow a trend of slowing export growth. During the past year, the country's exports dropped by 14.5%, 
Exports to the U.S. accounted for only 13.3% of U.S. imports during the first half of the year, the lowest share in 20 years. Exports to the European Union also sagged. Decoupling is evident, according to Bloomberg News. The U.S. imported about $203 billion in goods from China in the first six months of the year, 25% less than in the same period in 2022, based on the latest unadjusted data from the Commerce Department. The Asian country is now the third largest merchandiser provider to the U.S. behind Mexico and Canada. Goods imports from Mexico were up 5.4% in the first half from a year ago. Germany and Japan round out the top five. On a seasonally adjusted basis, U.S. imports from China fell to $33.5 billion in June, the lowest since the immediate onset of the pandemic. On an annual basis, China has ranked as the top supplier of goods to the U.S. for more than a decade, with the trade ties between the two countries reaching a peak last year. Bilateral trade is being challenged by the widening split between Washington and Beijing over human rights issues, fair trade, and competition for technology and markets, according to Bloomberg. CTMA reports that the average export price from January to June was $4.84 a kilo, a year-on-year decrease of 11.5%. Quote, China's green tea export volume was 146,300 tons, accounting for 84% of the total export volume, a decrease of 6,251 tons, or 4%. Black tea export volume was 13,400 tons, accounting for 7.7% of the total export volume, a 4.5% decrease that amounted to 636 tons, according to CTMA. Exports of puer, white tea, jasmine tea, scented tea, and dark tea all declined. Shipments of oolong tea were up 13.8% to 11,000 metric tons, the only category that increased. Business Insight Last week, in a rare sign of cooperation between the world's two largest economies, the U.S. Transportation Department agreed to increase the number of Chinese passenger flights allowed to fly to the U.S. to 18 weekly round trips as of September 1st, and 24 per week starting October 29th, up from the current 12, according to Reuters. The Chinese government agreed to the same increase for American carriers, lifting pandemic-era restrictions on group tours for the U.S., Japan, South Korea, and Australia. Kenyan tea exports declined by volume and value through June, as fair weather boosted yields and benefited growers. The Tea Board of Kenya reported a 29% decline in value, and export volumes fell to 191,000 metric tons during the first half of 2023, compared to 243,000 metric tons during the same period last year. Kenya exported $432 million worth of tea, about 62.1 billion shillings, 
through June. Value is impacted by the Kenyan shilling's downward spiral against the U.S. dollar, which benefits exporters. A shortage of foreign exchange reserves and the conflicts in Sudan and Yemen reduce sales and economic troubles limit what Pakistan and Egypt can spend. Pakistan remains Kenya's top tea destination, importing 65,728 metric tons this year, followed by Egypt at 28,600 metric tons and the United Kingdom at 20,546 metric tons. Auction prices were higher last year, averaging $2.56 per kilo during the first half of 2022, compared to $2.29 average in 2023. Quote, auction prices have been declining since the second quarter of 2022, owing to lesser demand due to recession in the global market, end quote, according to the keyboard. May was a strong month for tea producers who harvested 7.63 million kilos more tea than during 2022, totaling 58 million kilos for the month, added to an April harvest of 49.5 million kilos. May marks the cessation of the long rains over the most parts of the country, and rainfall recorded across the country was moderate and well-distributed this year, said the Tea Board. Tea production increased to 273,640 metric tons in the six months, an increase compared to 271,300 metric tons harvested by July of 2022. Arvinda Adentheramon is on assignment this week in Kangra. She will report on tea auction prices for sale 31 on her return. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple to operate smartphone control device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time, and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. Jennifer Wood, founder of Canton Tea Company in 2007, and Joe Selman Smith, a project manager with the UK Tea Academy, who in 2022 oversaw the launch of The Leafies, joins us this week to discuss the Academy's international judging of tea in 12 categories. This year's competition is open not only to farmers and suppliers, but also to tea retailers worldwide. All teas must be received in Scotland by September 18th. Entries are now open for the Leafies International Tea Awards. 
Organised by the United Kingdom Tea Academy and in partnership with Fortnum and Mason, the awards are open for entries across the globe. This is Dan Silver, and I sit down with Jennifer Wood and Joe Selman-Smith of the UKTA to talk about this year's awards, what's new and how to enter. So, starting off, Jen, thank you for coming on today. Tell us a little bit about the Leafies. What is it? Where did the idea come from? Give us a bit of a background. Okay, good morning, Dan. Thanks for having us. We, at the UKT Academy, we have been working with many, many small gardens and handcrafted tea over the years because we introduced them in all our courses. And a few years ago, we were approached by someone in Australia who said there are no dedicated tea awards in the UK. Why is that? And like many of these things, it took a little while for it to filter through and think that is absolutely true. And why isn't someone doing it? And who's in a better position than the UKTA to actually do these awards? We're not a tea company. There's no bias. We have the most incredible group of tutors who are professional tea people being in the business for decades and they would be the most amazing judges. So it was a pretty quick decision. Last year was the first Leafies, the International Tea Academy Awards that we launched and it was really testing, testing the water and it was great. It had the most amazing reception from all over the world. We had a really, really good enthusiastic response from the gardens and from the tutors. We had nine judges from six, seven countries and they all immediately said yes, they would be happy to be judges and they're all judging again this year as well. So the idea came really from outside saying, why aren't they happening? And we thought, that's a very good point. Let's do them. And then we immediately got Fortnum Mason and they, of course, have made a big difference to just the the reputation and the association with such a fantastic brand. So it helped enormously. This is the second year of the Leafies. What is new? Are there new categories? I think we had a look at the categories last year and we made some changes based on some of the things that kind of came up through that initial kind of running. One of the main things was making the awards fairer for regions and gardens who hadn't been producing for as long or weren't as well established. So we introduced a new region category. So that is an option if you're not in particular types of tea, you haven't been producing it for more than five years, then that's a category specifically for you to enter so that you're not going up against these gardens that have been going for generations and generations because that was obviously a challenge. And we really want to encourage emerging regions to kind of showcase their teas at the awards. So that is one new addition this year. Secondly, which is perhaps one of the most exciting ones, is the introduction of retail categories. So we've got nine new bestseller categories, and these are for tea tea retailers who um, want to enter their top-selling teas that are kind of readily available either in-store or online. And that kind of came as a result of seeing 
as much as last year's award, we were so thrilled at these kind of like really interesting, beautiful, rare teas that um, were winning. We were aware that they weren't kind of always really easily accessible to sort of general consumers. And part of the UK Tea Academy's sort of vision is to educate more people about high quality tea to make it more accessible for people and encourage like quality tea drinking experiences. So having that kind of retail aspect in which we can share with people, you know, these are the top teas that you can get on your supermarket shelves or somewhere near you. We're hoping to bring that experience to, to more people with those. So that is probably the most exciting. And finally, we've introduced a feedback service this year, which is actually, as well as obviously kind of entering your tea and having it tasted by the expert judges, this will include some proper kind of assessment and feedback that shares all of the individual scores on each of the criteria for the teas, for the tasting. So those are the main ones. Is there anything else, Jen? <laughs> no, I think a few more judges. This year, so we've got India, Sri Lanka, Japan, China, Taiwan, all covered. So, because I mean, even last year you'd broken it down into you know specific categories. That if it, if it was Japanese green tea, it was you know it, it was one category, and you know Chinese green tea was another. And you had ex- expert judges in both of those fields that were that were really masters of their craft. You know, so I think this year when you have a feedback service as well, someone can really appreciate you know, who that feedback is coming back from, that, you know, someone here has seen, you know, thousands and thousands of cups of, of, of tea. They really know their craft. So I think it's it's amazing what you guys are doing for year two, where you've got this well, feedback think, service. You know, the interrogation that went in to every single tea, yeah. it's all blindfolded, of course, but the incredible sort of forensic way that it was assessed, mm-hmm. you know, professionally, the liquor, the leaf, the wet, the dry taste the mouthfeel, all this stuff, the aroma, of course, and recorded and, of course, judged and on, I think, about 12 different criteria. And then for that just to go into a box to be shelved, never seen again, seemed great shape. And we did have a few people asking for feedback, and we weren't really, we hadn't the capacity last year to do that for all multiple teas that were entered. But this year... We've actually made it a priority because, as you say, it's such a shame for all that information from all those professionals just to to. to not be. Especially for people who are doing maverick teas, they're doing interesting new from emerging regions. Tell us a bit about how many teas were entered in last year and what kind of growth are you guys anticipating for this year? Sure. So last year we had... To be precise, I think we had 287 teas entered across 33 categories. Our largest category, I think, had 47 teas entered. Actually, that was the black teas from Sri Lanka, India, Nepal. So, yeah, coordinating that and making sure we had the right judge on the right day and sort of it was, yeah, there was a lot of logistics, but we got there. And this year... I think obviously we are hoping to grow. We're hoping that people that entered their teas last year will come back and either, you know, if they were successful, that they're trying again. We've heard already from some people that what did take part last year, they've already re-entered as we've had the entries sort of open for a few weeks now. 
but yeah, we are we are anticipating growth. We're really hoping to get some more of those emerging regions to get involved. We're really trying to reach retailers to kind of just to distinguish their teas with everything that we've talked about by putting that knowledge of our judges onto their teas to really show what's a quality product out there. Who can apply to the leafies? Is it exclusively for producers? Is it open to retailers? The awards are open to absolutely everybody who's involved in loose leaf. That's a crucial thing. Loose leaf crafted tea. They can be blends, of course. And for instance, in Japan, a lot of it is not hand picked and hand processed from beginning to end. But as long as there's an element of craft in there, then that's who it's open to. So if you go from the, the growers, the producers, the makers, the suppliers, the wholesalers, the, the, the retailers along that chain, anyone can enter their tea. But if the same tea is entered, then we'll know about it, obviously, and we will go, it goes back to source. So it would be the, the person who actually produced the tea that would get priority. So that's really, really where it started. By the time it gets to the end product, often the primary producer gets a little bit forgotten in the chain, and these are the ones that we want to applaud. Intrigued by what you've heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.